Hello, and welcome to today's episode of Pros and Politics Podcast, where we are polished and poised for greatness and impact. My name is Kahala, and I'm your host. Well, we are Pearls and Politics Podcast, and so today we are back into all things politics with an amazing guest that is the Executive Director of the East St. Louis Board of Elections, Candrace Mosby. Thank you for having me. Hey! Hey! <laughs> I am so happy to have you to come on and teach us all the things, teach us all the things about being involved in the electoral process, um, giving us information on the ballot and how to get on the ballot and petitions and deadlines, all the things. So we want people to understand the political process. So, of course, we want people to be registered. Of course, we want people to be, you know, to go vote, right, on Election Day. But I just feel that a lot of times you are more motivated the more educated you are. And then to be able to say you understand your political process, you understand how, you know, the person that you're trying to figure out if they represent your interests, how did they even get there? Like, did they have enough signatures? Did they file on the right dates? And then there are so many people that want to run for office. And so we want people to be able to understand because, look, the days are over. Obviously, we've seen it in prior presidencies and whatever, like everybody doesn't have to be a politician or come from a political family, but anybody can wake up one day and say, I want to run for office because I feel that I have something to offer some constituency. And so it's people. And I know from having sat on the three person panel that unfortunately had to kick people off the ballot because right. stuff wasn't right. That, oh, yeah. Okay. Talk about the hot seat, honey. That was, oh, my. I do not miss that. I know you don't. But again, it's a process, and there were so many well-intentioned men and women who lived in the, the precinct or lived in the right place, but they didn't do it decently and in order. That's it. And people have to understand that, you know, it's levels to this. It is. And so you, if you want to do it and your heart is in the right place, first, your signature's got to be in the right place. Right. And a whole lot of other things. So we want people to be informed. And so that's why you're here today. Okay. And we're so happy. Okay. So happy. I'll try my best. I'll okay. try my best. You got it. You got it. So please tell us all about yourself first. Oh, wow. Okay. I am Candrace Mosby. I am the executive director of the East St. Louis Board of Election Commissioners. I've been there over 30 years. Mm-hmm. Um, and not many people can say that about a job these days. No. So many people, you know, find a career and they may stay five, 10 years and then they're gone. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I've been there 30 years. The election board has been good to me. I will say that. Um, Started there as a temporary employee. Went to the University of Illinois. You may not even know that. I know. I know. And so after, majored in political science. Uh, Right. Didn't want to. (laughs) Wanted to be in business. But, you know, God has a way of doing things. Yes, he does. I'm telling you. Okay. we Right. So, um. Started there as a temporary employee to help out Mr. Lewis, who was my mentor. Uh, he wanted uh, us to do. Buddy. I miss him tremendously. That was my buddy. Greatest mentor a young lady could ever have. Mm-hmm. Anybody could have 
for real. Mm -hmm. You know, he was the master of elections. He knew that election code from the beginning to the end. And uh, he wanted us to do some canvassing. So he, uh, myself and his son, Jay, you know, he went to the University of Illinois as well, right? Hey, friend. So so we did some canvassing and then um, an opportunity uh, was available for me to become an election specialist. So then I became, I was full time at that time, election specialist, and then the assistant director, she retired, and then I moved into that position, and then Mr. Lewis retired. And then so I was appointed as the executive director, I think that was in 2014. Mm -hmm. And so here I am now, 30, 30 plus years later. Yes. And like I said, the election board, it has been what it's been, but it has been good Good to to me. And I love the way you put that because, you know, people love to, you know, say the things that they say, but it is awesome for you to be able to say, look, it's been good to me. It's been a wonderful experience. 30 years on the job. No, No. I don't know too many people at all that can say something like that. And you have done an amazing job. Well, thank you. You have done an amazing job. You have always been so kind. So professional, so knowledgeable. I could call you about anything. I mean, what were the, what do you call them? The, not the transcripts that you would bring and file with the, what are those called? They came in blue folders. Oh, the official canvas. Yes. And the, the canvas. official abstract. Yes. Yep. Yes. Yep. And always so professional and so kind at the window. And so, no, you have done an amazing job. Thank you. I appreciate it. We, we are blessed so to have, have you. you. And so I, Thank you. I am honored and I, you know, you have done a tremendous job as a young lady. East St. Louis, I mean, what are we? The city of champions. Hey. hey. Lincoln Senior High School. Yes. Lincoln Senior High School. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's that. Okay. So you've told us about your journey. Mm-hmm. And I think this is like a theme for the last several weeks where someone starts in um, with humble beginnings despise again despise not the day of small beginnings that's it you're saying so you've gone from temp- a temporary employee to the executive director come on now come on now yeah no so this this is a thing absolutely it's a journey it has been a journey and it takes patience uh-huh you know uh i look back in the minutes and saw what the pay was oh yes. it's like wow but you know, money isn't everything. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So. Okay. So what is the role of the Board of Election Commissioners? The role of the East St. Louis Board of Election Commissioners is to administer elections for the voters of the city of East St. Louis. That's it. Okay. To minister the, and to obtain the voter records of all of those individuals that are registered in the city of East St. Louis only. Correct. I do, I do want to make that clear because we do have a county clerk's office. Yes, Tom Saint Holbrook. Clerk, exactly, yes. Mr. Tom Holbrook, my friend. Yes, also um, an excellent public servant. Absolutely. And that man knows his job. Yes, he just does. Just like you. Yes, yes. he does. Mm-hmm. And so he uh, is the record keeper for uh, those registered voters in St. Clair, Clair County, uh-huh. minus the city of East St. Louis. Louis. Yes, and the city of East St. Louis is in St. Clair County. Let's Let's be clear. Yes. But yes, we have two boards of election. Yes. And so we have Tom Holbrook and then we also have you. So that is the responsibility. That is right? our responsibility. So when we talk about 
people getting on the ballot. It starts with petitions. Yes. And so those petitions eventually come to you, correct? Well, okay, so let's let's go back. Because of certain offices, mm -hmm. they may file in our office correct. or they may file in St. Clair County. Mm -hmm. We handle the municipal elections, okay? So correct. that would be mayor, clerk, treasurer, council, mm -hmm. um, township, because we have an East St. Louis township. township. Park district. Park district. So, mm -hmm. but because this election coming up, which would be the March 19, 2024 general primary election, and then we will have the November the 5th, 2024 presidential slash general Literary election. election. Mm -hmm. So those offices that will be on the ballot in March, they will file in St. Clair County. So no one filed for an office uh, for the primary election in our office. So... With that being said, precinct committee persons, they filed in a county clerk's office. Those offices that would be on the ballot, county offices, uh, county board, um, I think the coroner and mm -hmm. a couple of, yeah. So mm -hmm. they were all file in the county clerk's office. Correct. So I think what I was basically saying is that when the petitions are eventually filed, I'm sorry, in A, with A, board of elections. Mm -hmm. So yes, so... Somebody says, I want to run for office. Okay, somebody will say they want to run for office. Um, the first day that a person could circulate petitions for the March election was September the 5th. If they came to our office, we would just direct them to the county clerk's office. Mm -hmm. um, but if, let's say, for instance, the mayoral election, which we held this year, mm -hmm. um, they came to our office, we have the petitions available for any person that would like to read, uh, to run for an office. Now, do you have to use that petition or can I go to my Word document and just come up with some stuff? No, there's a, there's a particular petition <laughs> that a person needs to uh, obtain from an election authority. Okay. 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 Um, and, and, and we have a packet that we uh, offer mm -hmm. any potential candidate mm -hmm. that packet would include like a running for office, which would give them general information like, when to file, mm -hmm. where to file, mm -hmm. which documents to file, <laughs> how many signatures, how many signatures, how many signatures a person would need, baby, basic qualifications mm -hmm. like residential mm -hmm. address, you know, where do you reside, those small things. But what we do, we always say this in our running for office packet at the very end of like first two paragraphs, please obtain legal counsel, please. Please. And the thing that they get mad at us about is because they come to our office and it's OK. They come to our office and they they ask us questions and then we try to to stick to answer general questions. Mm -hmm. But we also ask them to please obtain legal counsel, counsel because our commissioners are the electoral board for when they file in our office, Absolutely. just like you say. You were part of the panel <laughs> for those objection hearings for the yeah, county. Sure. Our board is the electoral board for um, the objection hearings for those candidates they file in our office. Mm -hmm. And in our position as the the office, the you know the staff, we have to make sure that if a, if let's say you have to have two hundred signatures, and then there's an objection mm -hmm. that said you didn't have enough signatures mm -hmm. or 
you know, that person is not a registered voter in Correct. whichever, you know, res, uh, or they signed five times on 10 of your petition. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's our, <laughs> it's our job, the staff and I to go through those petitions and see which one of those registered voters are registered or not registered. So if it says 200, you need 200 signatures and we may find that only 150 are actually registered voters. So they that's so so it makes sense for us not to be able to answer a lot of your questions Absolutely. because then, you know, we want to stay in a nonpartisan position. Yes. A very so, neutral state. Exactly. A very neutral and state. And so you you deal with that across the board because, you know, that goes with, you know, we were having a conversation, some friends that, of mine the other day, and it's like you're asking, you come for traffic court or whatever, and you're asking the prosecutor all these questions. Right. Well, I, no, I represent the state. I represent the people. Right. I don't represent you. Exactly. And so you need somebody to protect your interests. So as the commissioners and as the director, you're like, I will answer what I can. And you're right. People get upset. Yeah, they do. You know, but it's just like, no, you have to find someone who has your best interests and can protect those interests. And that will be behind hiring right. counsel. Absolutely. Exactly. We are the record keepers. So it really is our responsibility to protect the records of the registered voters Mm -hmm. in the city of East St. Louis. Absolutely. Yeah. So I want to run for I want to run for office. And so I come and I get the official documents. You get the official documents. And I have to have 200 signatures. Now, how? That's a question a lot of people want to know. How do you determine how many signatures are required in order to make the ballot. Right. Okay. So I'm going to take the example from the February 28, 2023 consolidated primary election. So what we would do is we would go back and take the total votes cast from the April 6, 2021, which was the consolidated election, and you go two years back. So in this example, there was 2,901 total votes cast. Then you take 5% of that which is your minimum number of signatures. So that came out to 145. Then you would take that same number and do and multiply it by 8%, which is the maximum. So the minimum amount of signatures that a candidate or a potential candidate should have is 145, and the maximum number is 232. And so that's how you come up with the number. You just take the total votes cast from a previous election. In this case, because we are a municipal board of election, we had to go back to the consolidated election two years, take that total number of votes cast, multiply it by 5%, which is your minimum, and then 8%, which is your maximum. Now, the good thing about it is when you come because you want to run, you won't have to do the calculation. We do it. Ms. Mose, Mrs. Mosby, and Mr. Holbrook will have all that already figured out. Because Absolutely. it is a complex. See, I'm not good with math. That's why I decided to go to law school. Because honey, if I had to feed my kids based on some math, we would all starve. So that is already set out in your packet. That is correct. That's in the packet. <laughs> yes, ma'am. It's in the packet. And so you know going in that when I start knocking doors in Chris's neighborhood, when I'm standing out front in in, in front of the schnooks, mm-hmm. when I would have friends and family come for hot chocolate at, at Panera and sign that I need 200. So I have 375 because if you need 200, don't ever, don't ever show up 
to her office with 200. Okay. So I need 200. I get 575. Mm -hmm. And your opponent says, I'm going to go and I'm a chick. Mm -hmm. And then I'm a challenge. Mm -hmm. If you have 199 and you need 200, what happens, director? That's up to the board. Now, if the minimum amount of signatures that you need is 200, you need 200. So 199 doesn't is, matter. What, striving for 100 because 99 and a half won't. When I tell you that, right. 99 and a half won't, won't do. do. 99 and a half won't do. So we want people to understand that when that person makes the ballot, you, whether it's your rep, your senator, your president, your whoever, your governor, they've met that. There have oftentimes been challenges to their petitions, to their signatures. They made the cut. And so now they're on the ballot. So walk us through that. Well, then, okay, so now they're on the ballot. So it is their opportunity to make themselves known to the voters. Mm -hmm. uh, rather that be going to forums and, and things like that. So that that's kind of like outside mm -hmm. of our... Uh, what ramp. you do. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But mm -hmm. it's that process to get through that process is, is what you basically want to do. So after a person uh, makes the ballot, and then I want to say this as well. So on the day of the first day of filing, mm -hmm. and there, let's say, three candidates for the office of mayor mm -hmm. that are at the door at 830. Mm -hmm. Then so you have three individuals that the time frame is 830. So then they be, they go into a lottery where we will have to put their names in a in a box or, you know, use some type of procedure in order to see which candidate's name goes on the ballot first. So it's like thank a, you for addressing that. Because yes. that was definitely a question. Because people often wonder, well, why is this person's name first? First. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, actually, a lot of times people like to be first. And then sometimes people like to be last, you know, that position of the last candidate for that particular office. Really? Yeah. Believe it or not. Okay. Um, so we take those three candidates and we put them in a, into a lottery. And then that's how they're chosen. One, two and three. And then all of the other candidates go into the order of the date and the time that they filed. OK, so the time matters as well. So then the law changed mm, maybe five so, so many years ago where they had a lottery for the last position on the ballot. So if you file within the last hour of the last day mm -hmm. between because it's five o'clock. So between 4 p.m. and 5 p.m., whoever files during that time, they go in a lottery as well. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. So okay. that's the, that's the okay. order that candidates uh, go on the ballot. Okay. So they decided to run. They, they started circulating petitions after. So you can't circulate petitions all year. Okay, let's be clear about that. There are deadlines. There's there are level. Frame. What we keep saying, there's levels to this. So that's why you need counsel. That's why you need a mentor or somebody that can hold your hand through the process until you learn it. Right. Because you will find yourself off the ballot if you don't. But so you've gotten everything together. You're on the ballot. 
And now, you know, you're you're putting yourself out there, you know, to the voters and to what you hope to be your constituency. Mm -hmm. So let's talk about that constituency and how we can be more involved in this process, because okay. we don't want to run for office. Right. We, we're done doing that. Right. Or, 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 or we don't want to do that at all. But it is a collective machine of people. So whether it's the precinct committeemen, whether it's, you know, the people that are running, whether it's their team, whether it's their campaign manager, like people don't understand just how massive mm -hmm. this machine is. But for the man and woman who wants to be involved in, in the electoral process and to be a part of this process, there are things that you can do. And so one of those being a deputy registrar. That is correct. Um, Deputy registrar, precinct committee persons or deputy registrars. And then we have uh, bona fide civic organizations. You have to be certified through the State Board of Elections. Mm -hmm. And once you are certified, then you can obtain deputy registrars for your organization. A lot of our sororities and fraternities, yes. they are organizations that um, have deputy registrars. A lot of our churches, churches. in the city of East St. Louis, they have deputy registrars. So, um, the first thing that we tell anyone that will contact our office is to make sure that you contact the state board to get your organization certified. That's mm -hmm. the first process. Once that is done, then you can have deputy registrars that can come to our office. All you need to do is just send us a letter to let us know who those individuals right. would be. Mm -hmm. And then we will contact them to let them know that they can come to our office go through a little five to 10 minute orientation mm -hmm. and then we will give them voter registration application mm -hmm. and then they can go out into the community and register voters. Now, one great thing about the state of Illinois, you can register anybody in the state of Illinois. Mm -hmm. So even if you are a deputy registrar within East St. Louis, if you are out of town mm -hmm. and you find someone that's not a registered at voter. At the Taste of Chicago yes. or so, at the state fair or, or shopping in the mall. Uh -huh. You can register that individual and then, but you would bring that application back to our office. Absolutely. Anything that you would receive from our office, anything that you would receive from the county clerk's office, you take that application back, back to that to office place. and then we in turn will send it to the proper election authority it's great it is and it is so it is much needed right because we there are so many people who are eligible age-wise yes um to vote yes. that are not registered yes and this is not the time to not be registered and not vote and I might also want to add, and this is another great thing that I like about the state of Illinois. When you go to get your driver's license, they ask you, do you want to become a registered voter? So you have an opportunity Excellent. to make that decision at the driver's license facility. You have that opportunity to make a decision at different social service agencies mm -hmm. throughout the state. Mm -hmm. So there are a lot of opportunities and avenues where you can get registered to vote in the state of Illinois. Now, the rub on the opposite end of that, it's one thing to get registered, but it's a totally different thing to vote. Mm -hmm. You have to, I mean, you have the the option, but what's the sense of registering if, if you, you don't, don't vote. want to vote? Exactly. So that's that's the thing. We have people that are registered, but the we need to find a way. And and I and to be honest with you and transparent, I don't have the answer to that. We want to make sure, mm -hmm. and this is a collective thing. That's what I like what you're doing. We we try as a collective unit to get those people out mm -hmm. to vote. Mm -hmm. 
because people often say that their one vote doesn't count. But I am here to tell you that it really does. does. And as somebody who won three straight elections, it does matter. And, you know, especially when it comes to, like you said, your municipal and your county and your state elections, that it's not an electoral college type of thing. Yes. That it absolutely does matter. So it went from, you know, winning by my first contested election by 1,300 votes and then in a pandemic winning my third election by 8,000 votes. Like it absolutely matters. matters. And if we don't get up and we don't go vote, then there will be people in these spaces and places in these elected offices that do not represent us, that do not have our best interests at heart. Mm -hmm. And we will suffer irreparably if we don't vote. Yeah. And two years, I don't care what nobody says, two years is a long time for yeah. somebody to be clowning in an office. Okay. And four is a, a an eternity. Let me just think about what we went through. I mean, that's an eternity when you think about, you know, a governor where there was no budget. When you think about certain things that went on in the White House, like it, you have to vote. So thank you for that. So we have people, deputy registrars that can register their family members and their friends and their coworkers and their church members. But then we also have election judges. Yes, we do. Tell us about that. Um, uh, and you can contact our office if you would like to serve as an election judge. Now, the one thing about our precinct committed person, once they are elected, right after the election, then they have the opportunity to appoint um, judges for their particular precinct. Okay. And the, the law says for even number precincts, you for Democrats is three. Mm-hmm. And for Republicans, it's two. In the odd precincts, you have three Democrats and two Republicans. Okay. So that's a process, and not many people know that, but no. that is law. That and it, isn't it weird that you choose by the precinct number, mm-hmm. odd and even? Even, yeah. Right. So that that's how that is determined for the com- commitment. And then once they do or do not, because we have a timeline for that. We have to actually um, have those judges certified okay. through the circuit court. Okay. So then after they submit their judges to their county chairman, and then the county chairman then sends it to us, mm-hmm. we combine, you know, we get gather those names, and then we submit those names to the circuit court. Okay. And then we have a hearing, because if anyone objects to any name, they have an opportunity to come to that hearing and support and 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 uh, submit their reasons reasons for why they think that this person should not be not a good fit. an election judge because they have you know qualifications as well. Um, it's nothing big, you know. Know how to read and write, um, proper decorum, things like that. But those names are submitted to the circuit court for approval. Mm-hmm. And then if there are any vacancies, mm-hmm. we place people in those vacant positions based off of a supplemental list that we have okay. for individuals that may call our office and ask, you know, about the process. And mm-hmm. we put them on a supplemental list and or those who may have served in the past for a precinct commitment that may be lost. 
Okay. And so we keep those names on a list because you never know what will happen. People become sick on election day. Mm -hmm. There's also something in the law that says if you don't have enough uh, individuals to serve as election judges on election day, the judges can appoint someone. Okay. So, but they contact our office just to make sure that the person is a registered voter. And once we give them that information, then they can go ahead and swear that individual in to serve as an election judge. Now, something that I'm ex really excited about is the fact for the state of Illinois, uh, we have a process where our high school students can serve as election judges as well. No way. Yes, juniors and seniors. seniors. And so we... Come on, young people, let's go. Yes. And the the... The amount, the stipend isn't as much. There's a difference in the stipend for St. Clair County and East St. Louis. We're a small community, so our budget doesn't permit us to, uh, to pay a, a large amount. But personally, I think it's just something that community. Yes, it's about living duty more than that. Yes, Absolutely. service to the community. And so we have a partnership with East St. Louis Senior High School where we uh, let them know that they can submit nomination papers for our juniors and our seniors to serve. You just have to have a B average. And there's some other qualifications that we let the high school deal with because they know the students more so than we Absolutely, do. Absolutely, they do. And they know the GPAs and things like that. And then we have applications for them to complete with their uh, parents' parental um, consent. consent. Uh -huh. And then they can they come to the judges' training just like our regular judges. They serve. They get the same amount of pay. And they serve as election judges. And so we're really excited about that. We've done this for many years. Um, we even have had judges, high school seniors from Altoff. Mm -hmm. And we've had them from Governor French okay. Academy. Yes. So that is something that we... And the students really, really enjoy themselves. And we often tell the judges in our training classes that we have students that will be coming to your precinct, so treat them accordingly. Absolutely. And treat them special because they are special. They are special. You know what I mean? Yes. And so they get excited because the precinct commitment, you know, the thing that is done on election day is they get breakfast and lunch. Donut. I was going to say the donuts. Donuts it's and things donuts. like that. And so they they get real excited about that. But we do tell them to bring their own lunch if they, you know, want to or whatever. But they get real excited. And just to sit there and learn, you know, but then they teach the ones because a lot of our election judges are older now, mm -hmm. have served for many. There are judges that have been there longer than I've been there. Mm -hmm. And they just love, it's not about the money. Mm -hmm. They just love to do it. They you love to serve their community. Serve. And so they're there and, and they enjoy the students. And because technology is advancing with voting machines and, and things like mm -hmm. that, you have these young people that can help the older ones Absolutely. with the machines and the counts and things like that. So it, it's just a great, it's a great day. Um, and I will definitely keep that in mind because, as you know, um, we keep up with each other very closely on social media, you yes. and I. So Anthony is about 15 and a half. Okay. And he is very obviously familiar with the electoral process because he was with me my whole time. I mean, he was with an arm baby when I first took office. And now he's a big guy with a learner's permit and all this other stuff that I'm not ready for. Blowing my mind. Girl, so... 
that would be he would love because he would be like, oh, the dots are really connected for me because yes. there's a lot of stuff that I already know. And then once they apply for college, they can use that experience on those college applications and things like that. It's a win win. It's a win win. It's a win win. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. So we've talked about just different things to give people a little bit of knowledge and background on how the process is initiated and how it started and how people get on the ballot. And then we've shifted to, you know, how, you know, the citizen can get involved in the process. So as we wrap up, we've already touched on, you've already touched on the importance of voting mm -hmm. in 2024 and how neither one of us have the answer, but we both have the desire to get people from not registered to registered and from registered to voted Vote. because the numbers um, in recent elections have been a little abysmal. Okay. And so what did you say? We've got this pot of people that are registered and only a section of people come out and actually vote. So what do you think... <laughs> you would like to say to our listening and viewing audience about 2024? Because uh, it's going to be big. Yeah, it, it really is. Um, become knowledgeable. Mm -hmm. Read as much information as you possibly can on the different candidates. Because we are a nonpartisan mm -hmm. Agency, right? Absolutely. And so we can't tell you to vote Democrat and we can't tell you to vote Republican. Never. But what we want to do is to tell you to vote. Absolutely. Not tell you, I should say ask, ask you, you to, to vote. vote. And it's your choice who you want to vote for, but you want to vote for the candidate that you think is would benefit, you know, not just you, but your community and this country. And so you want to make sure that you have all of the information, information that you need in order to make the best choice for you. That's it. That's it. That That's it. That's it. And now. so what we try to do is just like this podcast, I thank you for the opportunity, uh, the invitation to come here and share the information, the little bit that I do know. Um, but anytime that we are asked to go and speak about the electoral process, regardless if it's, uh, I've been to Bible studies, mm -hmm. I've been to churches, I've mm -hmm. been to the VA community center. Anytime that we have an opportunity to share, to share. I am willing to go to share. And we thank you. For because the more information that you have, the better off you will be. In life. In life. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And so that's, you know, people often say that they are, you know, well, with you being the former uh, circuit clerk, you know, that you are a public servant. But I often tell people it's not I'm not a public servant. I'm a servant mm -hmm. and I am here to serve You're in any capacity servant. that I can. And it may not even be election related. Mm -hmm. But if anyone calls our office and they ask, we just try to help. That's our purpose. Absolutely. And so that's what we try to do. And you are so many things. You are an encourager. <laughs> you, I mean, I can be having the worst day. That's how we really met from a phone call. 
I knew of you, mm-hmm. you know, East St. Louis, like we are a small community, but the conversation that we had when you called election night, that's how we got to know one another. And here we are. And now. here we are. Yeah. But yes, you've been there from the beginning. And I just really appreciate you. Um, the city of East St. Louis is so blessed to have you. And you, your light is so bright. Thank you. Your light is so bright. No, it is. And to you God know that's sincere because we go back and forth all the time. Like we, <laughs> I'm telling you, this woman will preach a word. She will talk about my kids. Like I will do the same. And it, it's just, your light is so bright. To God be the glory. And that's our purpose. Mm-hmm. That is our purpose. And so is yours, you know, you. just here to serve. Will you come back? Absolutely. Absolutely. Anytime you want me to come back, I'll come. Well, thank you. <laughs> thank you so much for being with us today. And for, for all the, the information that you have shared, somebody somewhere is going to be, a light bulb's going to go off. Somebody's going to say, oh, I can do that. I just know I need, they're going to tell me how many signatures I need, and I need to hire a lawyer. <laughs> I right. need counsel. So, right. yes. Yeah, and I would, and I want to leave you with this: your no vote is a yes vote for for the candidate that you don't want to vote for. Absolutely, it is. That's food for thought. That is food for thought. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you. Thank you. And thank you for tuning in today to Pearls and Politics Podcast, where we are polished and poised for greatness and impact. We really appreciate you joining us today. And we hope you'll join us again next week. But in the meantime, please like, love, share, and subscribe. And we'll see you next week.